0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: feel like I do. And from the ground I built my own damn buzz. people was amazed I was still in Hey high everybody how now, you doing I'm Well that's good
2: welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio that's right BSH Radio my name is Bill Matz I'm your director of fun and games for the evening like we've always made fun of the opening like people are like shitty and there's just no way anyone's doing good at this point <laughs> like I'm great uh, hopefully hopefully you. hopefully you've made the uh the the right choice for your uh for your brain for your mental stability to just not care about the rest of this season because god knows a bunch of the players have made that choice actually i tweeted the other day i think i like this team more than i've liked the team in like 18 months because they're just lovable losers now they cannot win no matter what they do they cannot win and they're trying they just stink all right uh we'll talk about all this and more let's get right into it let's lead things off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle.
1: Yeah, I'm kicking around the idea of having fun with the rest yeah, of the season. I, think it, I like, think it might be a good time.
2: There's like, no reason they can't win. Right. They're going to finish bottom five no matter Perfect. what. And like, yes. there's a little jumble there. It could be six, but I really think like after the trade deadline, they play 20 games after the trade deadline. That could be a 20 game losing streak. I, like, I,
1: like, how can you watch <clears throat> Gerald and Patrick Brown? I'm just like, ah, look at these guys out there living their dream, working their asses off, scoring some fun goals, having a good time. Like, what's not to like? I just think there's exactly. an
0: element. There's an element of like when they inevitably blow another game, which seems to be <laughs> happening every. Like you just kind of, you just kind of laugh. Well, I said inevitably, but like <laughs> right. you just kind of laugh Tomorrow? because no, I I guess I'm I'm more yeah. talking about like in retrospect. Like I'm saying like when you watch it happen, because like you know it's coming. You yeah. know, like, even if they're winning by two goals, you know that, like, they're probably going to find a way to screw it up. And when they do, like, what can, like, what can you do? You just kind of have to be like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, that is not shocking in the slightest. Like, yeah, of course, of course, last night they tie the game. And then, of course, they score. They give up a goal on the next ship. Like, of Second. course, that was going to happen. And the thing is, everyone perfect. saw it coming 30 seconds before it happened. The minute that the Blues got into the offensive zone and started cycling, you're like, they're going to score here. They're going to score here. They're absolutely going to score here. And then, then of course, they scored. It,
2: it was really perfect that Braden Shen scores the first goal and then uh, should have been a flyer. Vladimir Tarasenko, 30 <laughs> seconds after Lindblom's goal, puts them ahead again. I'm begging for them to lose in regulation when they lose, so I thought it was great. But, like, my, it's, do they do this every single game? Like, score a goal and give one up immediately?
1: I mean, I've never
2: seen anything like this.
1: There has to be an easy way to look that up, right? Is there an easy way to look that up, Charlie? No, there's not. You have to go. God damn it! You
0: have to go. Yeah, you have to go through the painstakingly go through every box score. Yes, unless you're like really good at coding, and then you can just like basically scrape it, which I'm not. So I don't even know what
1: that. means. Maybe I'll ask Micah. I just would kind of like to know how often they give up a goal, like within one minute after scoring a goal.
2: Yeah, like if we expanded it to like two and a half minutes. Would it be every single game this season? <laughs> like, I'd, I, I guess it
1: would be amazing.
2: I, they're so bad. Uh, let's We we got a lot to talk about. Uh, from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor.
0: So, Bill, you actually brought up kind of what I was going to do as mine, um, but I'll go into it deeper. Um, real, real, uh, you know, vibes of, like, what could have been when Vladimir Tarasenko scored that goal. Because... He was very much available this offseason, and the Blues are probably real happy that they didn't trade him, that no one was willing to meet their costs, because Blues are real good, and Vladimir Tarasenko is back to being a point-per-game guy. And my understand, look like I mean, I don't think his- the price tag on him was as low as it seemed, but it wasn't super high. I mean, he won it gone. And the thing was, was that teams were terrified about the injury. And the cap hit and all that stuff, and plus he had the, no, the the you know he had some no trade protection, but he apparently was willing to wave it to go to the Flyers. So, you know, it, it was it was for, like look, I've always been a Vladimir Tarasenko fan. I really enjoy his game, so I was rooting for them to get him because I just wanted to watch him play hockey up close for a season. Um, but also because I felt like it made sense. You know, you you know one of the, your weaknesses is ha- lack of high end talent. And you have the opportunity to get a high-end talent guy. Obviously, it's a risk. But you have an opportunity to get a high-end talent guy at a bargain rate price because of other concerns. Maybe that's a risk worth taking. They obviously decided it wasn't. Um, that said, you know, one thing that did in a weird sort of way make me feel a little bit better after a while. Like, first, I was, like, real frustrated when Tarasenko scored that goal. Because it's like, they could have had this guy. And they were just like, Nah. Now we're good. Let's trade for Rasis Ristolainen instead. Uh, but, um, because, yeah, got to have that size and physicality on the back end. That's the problem with this team. Not the fact that they have no superstars beyond the guy who they're going to trade, or no stars beyond the guy they're going to trade in a month. Um, but, the one thing that did make me feel a little bit better about this whole, um, you know, we're not bottoming out, but we need high-end talent thing, watching that single goal, is that, like, those guys are available more often than maybe we believe. Like, Yeah, it's not the it, NBA, but it still does happen. Like, it's not, I mean, th- there were two guys that were available, two clear stars that were available last offseason in Vladimir Tarasenko and Jack Eichel. Now, the Flyers made the decision not to pay to get either of them, but, like, they could have. I mean, it may have been a lot, but at the same time, a lot of what, what was thought of to be a lot you know last summer doesn't seem like a lot right now because it's like well oh man I don't want to trade Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny both for for Jack Eichel well like shit I mean now that doesn't seem like a lot at all does it
1: how long until uh Mike Yo like benches Vladimir Tarasenko for three games for not being defensively responsible enough
0: are we really going to get into this? this is oh, I'm doing it. This is a Twitter thing that is like there's truth to it, but it's also very much echo chambering into being a way bigger thing than it actually
1: First is. First of all, I have been saying it on this very show for like a month and a half.
0: They haven't benched anyone. They can't bench anyone not because benching, they have no players.
1: I'm not benching. More of the beating out offensive talent out of their players in favor of boring two-way Their goals. players to aren't that
0: favor. good. That is the, I, that is the problem. Like the, the here's the thing with that whole thing, and I I talked about this on um in my comment section this morning. I was gonna tweet about it, but I couldn't find a way to get into it. Intrigued. So you know what, I'm just going gonna go on this rant now. I think a lot of what fans believe is a problem with prospect development is actually a problem with draft philosophy. Because what happens is the Flyers draft guys. Fans build themselves up thinking that they're really 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 good, when in reality they're just good prospects. They're not great prospects. And then they get mad when the organization is like, well, these guys got to be better two-way guys to become NHL players. Here's the thing. They're not good enough to not be. Like, if the Flyers haven't drafted anyone, anyone really, that is such a high-end offensive talent in terms of plausible upside that they can just ignore defense. There are some guys that can. There are some players that are that good. The Flyers don't draft them because they don't think that's, they think it's too risky. But like, even somebody like Morgan Frost, he's a good prospect sorry, he's not good enough to just focus on offense. He needs to have a two-way element to his game because he's not that good. And, okay. and part of the problem, I think, is that fans convince themselves that the offensive guys, the guys who score a lot of points at juniors, are so talented, they don't need to focus on defense, when in reality, they're not as talented as as the fans think they are. So then when the when the organization is like, you know, Morgan Frost maybe should like have to play a little defense because if not, he's going to have a course 4 of like 40% his entire career and just suck and he's not talented enough to score 100 points a season fans get mad whereas in reality he just isn't as good as they thought he was in the first place end rant i agree suggesting
1: that morgan frost is jack eichel i'm just suggesting that if you do draft a player with an upside that's not as high as you may have hoped wouldn't it be beneficial to foster the parts of his game that are good rather than having him completely abandon those in favor of another way.
0: But how good, like, how good is he? Like, if, what, if, Morgan, sure he... if Morgan Frost, If let's say you told Morgan Frost, defense doesn't matter, go score points, kid, that's it. And then he's a 50-point scorer doing that who gets obliterated From a puck possession and play driving standpoint, because he doesn't give a shit about defense, then he's a negative five goals above replacement player and he sucks.
1: Is there nothing between I don't give a single shit about defense and focusing on my defensive game in favor of or to the detriment of my offense?
0: I think that's what they're trying to do. Now, they might be failing, but I think that's the attempt. I agree with the idea you have with both of your ideas here. What I'm like,
2: why do it in the order they're doing it in? Like Sean Couturier could not produce offensively a tiny little bit early in his career. So they said, focus on defense, do this thing. You're the three C and then they let the def, and then they let the offense come. Why isn't it okay? Morgan Frost for you to reach your, for you to reach your potential. You're going to need to produce points at the NHL level, whether it be 50, 75, 130, whatever the fuck his ceiling could be in terms of raw points production. Why don't you focus on producing points, figure that part in the NHL out, because it's really hard to do, as we see with all these players that we've drafted who can barely even play in this league. Focus on this one thing, creating offense. And then we will bring along the other aspects of your game. When it's in reverse, they do it all the time. Oh, yeah, well, he can play defense. We'll figure out the offense later. But, like, you can't win 0-0. You will never win that way. And this team especially can't because it'll go to a shootout,
0: which they will lose. So like, Well, part of, the thing, part of the thing with that is that it is easier to score when you have the puck more. And if you're better at defense, you're going to have the puck more. Whereas if you aren't good at defense, you're going to spend most of your shifts chasing the puck around in the defensive zone, which is going to give you fewer opportunities to score anyway. Also, like so this. So give isn't- him. Some line mates I agree with that. I agree, with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I That's also a- I look, I, I'm I'm not saying that Morgan Frost is being developed well right now. I think the best move for the Flyers would be to and, and I really like Scott Lawton, but stick Morgan Frost with two scoring wingers. Like let's let's stop this like Jerry Mayhew. I mean, and look, Jerry's been great. That's it's been a fun thing, but like give him Travis Konechny. You know, give him Cam Cam Atkinson. Like, just give him guys who can actually are established NHLers and see what he can do with them. That said, I definitely think there is an element to this of fans are mad that prospects haven't panned out, and they want to believe that it's not the prospects' fault; it's the development fault. When in reality, I think it's more the prospects' fault.
1: Oh,
2: so it's here, absolutely, no, the... they don't have the talent. Like,
1: okay, sure. yes, they have not drafted any high end talent as. Charlie said, because they don't want to take any risk because they're boring and, and that's And that,
0: to me, is the big problem. Like, that is go, the big like, problem. Go I for bigger disagree. swings.
1: I don't disagree with that at all. But Morgan Frost is not the first player they've tried to square peg into a round hole. Like, it seems to be, like, what they do. Like, so they... Who,
0: so who, who else are you referring to? Because the, the, the two, two guys who they did they, that they did to, an, and it actually worked, were Couturier and Locke. Like that, that actually, I mean, you could argue that, that Couturier maybe took longer, but like uh, it ultimately that development both of did of them work for both. Both Couture of them started took too long.
1: When he had NHL wingers, like Couturier started to be a better offensive player when he had players yeah. playing with him that can score yes, goals. But like, I'm just like, saying,
0: ultimately, he became a Selkie winner. So, like, one could, and, and you know, one could argue, I'm not saying I but, necessarily would argue, but, but one could can't. argue that he wouldn't have reached that ceiling had they not developed in the way they Okay, fine. But so that was him, his that's
1: thing. Not, yeah, that's that his was, game.
0: That was his, his thing strength. when he came into the league.
1: Yes, like, and you, that was his strength, and you fostered his strength, and then the offense came along with it. Why can't we do it the other way, like Bill said? Foster the offense and let the defense come yeah, like, along with okay, it. Keturi- so, so, but,
0: but, then, but then my question is, okay, so who are you talking about? Who, who have they done? Who have they done wrong with that?
1: Well, I mean, Frost is the easy example because he's in the NHL right now. I think that they did it to Ghost. I think that Ghost didn't succeed here because they didn't let him play his game.
0: Well, Ghost was developed to be Ghost. I mean, and now now we're talking about an NHL. De- this isn't even NHL development. This is an NHL. Now, this is like coaching an
1: organizational thing. philosophy. It's not just development. It's an organizational philosophy that we would rather have safe two way players that don't generate a lot of offense. And aren't exciting to watch than guys who take a lot of chances offensively. And because they're taking a lot of risky chances, sometimes fuck up defensively. We would rather have a little safe two way guy that fits precisely into our Flyers hockey box rather than a guy like Cole Caulfield, who's just go, go, go on offense.
0: Who also was sent down this year by the Montreal Canadiens. and 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 that organization is a shithole i'm just saying And now
1: that his coach is letting him play his game what has happened to him he scores every night now because that's what he does well so like why not i'm just saying like it doesn't seem like organizationally the flyers for the past as long as i can remember like i also don't think this is a new problem it's just something that's clicking in my head recently because everything is a tire fire they don't Want to take a player and say, This is what this player is. This is what he's good at. This is what he's bad at. Let's take the good things and make them better. They say, This is the box we have empty right now. How do we fit this player into this box? Oh, he doesn't really fit because he's not defensive or whatever. Like this is the box. If he doesn't fit into the box, we have to force him into the box rather than focusing on what he's good at and letting him shine in the end. Like it's just, it's too much. I feel like we've been talking about this for years, the whole roles thing. Like, they're obsessed with roles.
2: And I think to Charlie's question for examples, like, Morgan Frost is a guy who's good enough to at least have ascended to this level, so we see it. But there's no way. And yeah, the drafting and talent evaluation is an issue. There's no way they have this many misses. Like we don't exactly. know the
0: examples because these guys never get here. But or they, they were, get but they were never. Game. They they never projected even the guys. Like for, okay, another thing too. When you when you say like they're how they can't have this many misses. One of the reasons why they they it feels like they have so many misses right now, truthfully. And this again, like it's going to come off as the excuse thing. A lot of their prospects have gotten hurt. And, yeah. like, that is playing into... Like Wade injury. Allison, Cam York, Tyson Forster, like these guys are, are all hurt, right? Yeah. like hurt. There yeah, are I don't know if York's actually hurt or, like, or what the yeah, fuck Yeah, like, they, they might not be misses. I mean, Wade Allison was looking like a hit. He's been hurt. Terry Leszczynski was looking like a possible hit. He's been hurt. Zade Wisdom, hurt. Tyson Forster, hurt. A lot of, like, the prospect pool would seem better if every prospect wasn't injured, it seems. I mean, That's- I... I
1: I, I wanna, th- Sorry, go ahead, Bill.
0: No,
2: like, I wanted to get into this, like, what the fuck is going on with, I, I, like, I wanted to bring it up with Derek Broussard, because he's a great example of what, what are we doing here, but, like, how is the entire organization injured? It's just how weird. is this I, possible? It, it,
0: it's the worst.
1: It's another thing where it's like, I don't, I feel that you can't explain a lot of hockey away by luck. Like, that's a thing, for sure. But when it's like this, it just seems like there has to be a problem somewhere. Like, peak physical condition professional athletes do not get hurt this much. Sometimes they Altogether do. All <laughs> together in one season. And on, on one team. Top I'll to tell bottom. You that- fucking guys hurt everywhere. Like,
0: yeah. It's weird. It's,
1: it's, hey.
2: it's the Eat Arby season. This, the yeah. Eagles won a Super Bowl with this many guys hurt.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems, it seems uh, no, foolish it's... to me to pretend that there's no organizational problem. Like, No, oh, I they think just it's— didn't pick. Well, first of all, the not taking good enough prospects, like— That is an organizational problem. It, it like, and, like, yeah, reinforces that is... my argument that they have a fucking obsession with, Safe two way boring player. They do,
0: they do. But I guess my thing is that I think it's more on the drafting than the developing. Because like, because the guy, but- the guys who they take, like like German Rubsoff, German Rupsoft was never an, a super offensively gifted guy. He never no. was.
1: But Morgan Frost was in juniors. Well, I mean, I not when he got and drafted. I, I don't. Yeah, the big draft was that- one year. I don't expect that a guy is going to continue his junior production in the NHL. That's silly. But like. If that's his game, if offensive production is what he does well, like isn't your job as a development team to make him that in the NHL? At least try to make him that in the, in the NHL. And I don't think that they ever have.
0: I seriously uh, I cannot I think they've, wait. They've given him opportunities, like when they call, when they called him up the first time he was with Giroux. He was on the power play. I think this year, this year they they've they've messed it up. Because I think what it is is that they're trying to win games because Mike Yo is trying. I mean, I don't know. Mike Yo probably knows he's not going to be the, the coach. But I think there was a period no. of time where Mike Yo was trying to, like, yeah. make a case for him to be the, the full-time coach. So he was more focused on winning games than he was about development. And also, like, they just kept friggin' losing. So it was like, well, shit, I got, we got to win a game. Like we just gotta win one game. It's, it's literally he's like the coach from uh, from the Water Boys saying to Bobby Boucher, "I just have to win one game." I think that's kind of where Mike Yo was at. The time. Well, he's won two, so good he's for him. He's won uh, a yeah, couple. yeah, he's, he's got
2: uh, the Flyers as a as a team have I believe seven wins since November eighteenth. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Attracts. They've got they've got two wins in 2022, which was a great number for yesterday. Really. I just think it, my my
0: overarching point here is that I think where the Flyers really have to look into a mirror is their approach to the draft, more yeah. so than think that like the development process is taking guys who otherwise would be seventy point guys and turning them into busts. Like I, I I think they should be taking bigger swings at the draft rather than right. like german rubsoff would have been a star if they didn't fuck him up
1: no but the it's not just at the draft though like they need to stop trying to put together an elite 2004 hockey team fair like stop doing that because that's what they have seemed to be doing for the last 20 years and it's not how teams win now like look at the ones that are winning and do that stop pretending that you can flyers hockey your way into success in 2022 because it's not happening
2: i'm really i'm really looking forward to uh elliot Desnoyers needing time in the ahl to learn how to block shots
1: exactly yes exactly he's
0: actually a guy who he Ah. he's already blocking shots he was a defense guy first and now the offense is popping. yeah the offense has come around which we'll
2: see how this goes when he gets here that'll be a lot of fun um what where are we here in terms of time 20 all right so i'll ask this question then we'll take our break the Flyers, while they haven't won, like, this decade, um, <laughs> visually, they've been better. <laughs> what well, statistically, does it mean? they've been
0: better, too. Last, last yeah, night, like, not so much. but not, yeah, Last night, they've this,
2: been better. second end of back-to-backs against, like, yeah, a much better team. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but overall, the last two weeks or so, let's call it, they've been, like, somewhat better just to watch. I'm not watching their games and going, like, this is torture. Like, you know, they suck still, but yeah, still they bad. suck different. What does it mean? Like I'm just chalking it up to, like, this group of guys has been together a little bit now, and they have some chemistry. Like, is it just that explainable?
0: So I think what it means, truthfully, is that— and and it, this sort of dawned on me, I think, during the Monday game. Um, yeah, the Monday game, because it was Monday, Tuesday, is that— This team, again, looks like, for the first time really this season, they're playing like they actually believe in the system they're playing. Um, You know, they clearly had lost faith in what Vino was preaching, and then you change coaches midstream. It's going to take a while for Yo to be able to implement everything he wants to implement. I think Yo is at the point now where he's pretty much implemented everything he wants to implement. They've done a ton of practices. They've gone through a ton of tape study. And I think the players have actually bought in to, you know, the tactics and the overarching philosophy that Mike Yo is preaching. The problem is now is they're just not good enough. Like, they're good, they're good enough to play structured hockey most of the time, and because of that, they can control play way more than they were in the beginning of the year when they were actually a deeper, better team on paper. But now, they're just not good enough on paper to actually win games, especially when they're playing against top-tier teams every single night like they have been during this stretch. That's what I think is going on, and the thing that the thing that's frustrating about that truthfully is that look and and this is my opinion. My opinion is the biggest mistake that Chuck Fletcher made in retrospect that last summer was not moving on from Elaine Vino, and it's not because I think Elaine Vino is a bad coach; it's because he clearly underestimated the degree to which that situation had devolved in terms of the coach versus the players and if you would have let Vigneault go and started out with a new coach, they might be playing with this – they might have started out the season playing like this but more talented, and actually this season might not have been a total wash. Maybe. The injuries probably still happen,
2: but maybe it doesn't descend into madness the way it did. Yeah. Like yeah. we're on a six game losing streak and is the third longest losing streak of the season. Well right then now. and oh then, then
0: there's also like butterfly effect too. I mean, yeah. you know, if you if you do a new coach, maybe Ryan Ellis never gets hurt because he doesn't do this specific drill and practice that, that started the injury road. Like who the hell knows? Yeah. You don't know.
1: I mean,
2: Ryan
0: Ellis gets hurt a lot, so like he Does probably he though works.
1: are we doing this again?
2: No, um, I mean like uh, it's, he, I mean this is a does. new injury
0: like you know right. I don't think there was any reason to expect he was going to miss the whole year um there was reason he, to expect maybe he was going to miss like 20 games because that's yeah, what he tends to do yeah he 20 games every but, year but, but like this, there's there, is no his, his, there was no reason to look at his his there's no reason to look at his tracker and say he's going to miss 78 games like that's an ob- that's an objective fact aside from just like it's the flyers and literally everything goes wrong for them
2: no, I'm just like a player who gets hurt is gonna get hurt. How badly we'll see. He was
0: gonna miss time. Sure. Wasn't gonna miss necessarily miss the whole year. Yeah. I mean, it happens, so you can it's easy to be like, well, it was destined to happen, but like it wasn't.
2: I mean, there's only one thing, there's only one truth. He got hurt. Yeah. Like, he's been he was hurt the two years prior and the three years before that. So, like, I, you know, he's played one eighty two game season in his career. He was gonna get hurt. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to pause for a break and then do some individual player assessments because I'm starting to come around on some guys and turn on some others. And I want to get everyone's, uh, want to get everyone's opinion on some of these guys. So we'll be right back with that, uh, after this quick break here.
1: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay.
2: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament.
0: Just go to fritolasnacket.spnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4323. Void hit Hip. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of fifty-two coupons, each good for one bag of chess. See official rules at free All right,
2: fam. We are back, and I like I said, I want to do some individual player assessments. Cause there are some guys who are starting to come around and maybe, you know, the argument, oh, too little too late. Like tree falls in the woods, who give us Gives a shit what they're doing at this point in the season. And honestly, valid criticism. If some of these guys had played this way early in the season, we may not be here in a lost season. But the thing is, we're watching this team now. We're seeing them. And they're not going to have 20 new guys next year. Some players are going to stay. I would like for the ones who do stay to be successful. Let's see if anyone thinks they can carry some of this success over. I'm going to start it out with... uh, I don't know, probably the most, is he the most, like, polarizing player, Travis Konechny? Um, I don't know. I
0: think every single player at this point is polarizing. That's and- The fair. people
1: that hate Travis Konechny are stupid.
0: No well, I, I mean, the people that really hate Travis Konechny are stupid. The people who are frustrated with Travis Konechny I don't think are stupid
1: with the entire team equally yeah
0: but like, but like has think... been he he, per, he provided you know a baseline of what people hoped he would become and now has performed significantly under that for two consecutive Fair. seasons so like i get the frustration
2: i think it's like i don't hate travis Kinectney, but it might be better if they trade him like i don't know if he stays he stays if he go i don't care about travis they might Konechny. be able to get something pretty yeah. good for him no that's if he continues this maybe he maybe they can turn him into something else but travis connecting right now he's on a uh, i think seven or eight game point streak he's just looking more like himself he still seems apprehensive to shoot the goal scoring is uh, snake bitten i don't know what you want to call it but it's not there but the playmaking and the general level of play uh, is starting to get back to what we expect from Travis Konechny. What do you think about TK uh, over the last couple of weeks?
0: Um, I think he's. I think he is what he is at this point. You know, and obviously he's going to go through slumps, and the slumps maybe for him or worse than they might be for other players because he does as you mentioned Bill a few weeks ago he does get into his head it seems like and probably you know makes it worse than it would be if you know he was a little bit less up and down from an emotional standpoint um but I think he is what he is he's a second line winger he's a second line winger you know it's I don't think he's I don't think his contract is bad I don't think it's good It's probably about what a second line winger has. You know, five million a year—that's about second line winger money. He's a second line winger. Now, if you can get someone to give you a piece that you know either fits the lineup better, or they think he's a first line winger just in a bad situation, then sure, you know, you you, you consider moving. He's certainly not untouchable. But you know, if if everyone around the league values him as a second line winger, and you value him as a second line winger, then maybe you're better served just keeping him because I mean, he's in his prime. I don't, you know, I'm I'm ambivalent to the idea of trading Travis Konechny because I just don't know, like, aside from just trading him because we have to get new toys, I don't necessarily see the point unless he, you're trading him in a bigger package for a high-end That's, guy, and in that case, were- I would absolutely support it.
2: There are two scenarios. Like, I don't think you can sell him for anything. Use like, oh, we're just gonna get picks. Like, those picks are gonna yeah. Be that that's stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. you get another team's Travis Konechny, and maybe it's a defenseman. Hey, they need some of those. They yeah. only have like one NHL defenseman. Um, or he's part of a package. Like, that's the if you're gonna get something better than TK, it ain't gonna be just TK going. That's that's the only way to do it. Um, that's that's really
0: it with Konechny.
1: Is there anybody that you would give a shit about trading at this point if the return was good? Like, there's literally no one. I on mean, Hart right
0: would be would be tough.
1: Hart would be tough, but like, imagine what you could get. Yeah, we're, we got. I don't I know
0: what you get. We're
2: fine,
1: man.
0: Well, based on based mm-hmm. on Corey Pro, Corey an article a couple weeks ago, and he hates goalies. Yeah, I know, but like the art, the article <laughs> was about. Well, he yeah, he particularly has always not been a huge Carter Hart guy, yeah. but he was talking to like AGMs, I think. Um, you know, he's in scouts and they were like, yeah, like Hart's still valuable, but he's not as valuable as he was two years ago around the league. So I don't think they could get mm. like the kind of haul that fly, like the idea of like, well, we'll trade Carter Hart if we can get an absolute haul. Like, I don't know if that haul is still out there. I think he's now viewed as a good young goalie, but he's not viewed after- like he was after the 2020 playoff bubble where it was like, holy shit, this guy might be the next Harry Price. I don't think he's yeah. viewed like that around the league anymore.
2: Yeah, like, and, you know, age, effect. I'm, I'm, no one's saying he can't turn into what we thought he was. It's just kind of like, at his age right now, he's a, an average to slightly above average goalie. He's good, yeah. Yeah. but he's not stealing you anything. If he was, the Flyers would have more than no wins ever. Like, you know. <laughs> and, and, like, yeah. I'm not putting this on Carter Hart. The team is fucking horrible. But, like, you know, elite goalies steal games. He's not that. Yes. yes
0: that's that's um, totally
2: fair yeah in terms of guys yeah heart i wouldn't want to lose but you know who gives a shit uh <laughs> eat <Ed Arby's> RP <laughs> season like charlie <laughs> said uh like i just really want to hold on to limblom and like you're ours and you're gonna be right everything's gonna work out like i, I personally that's what i want with limblom um i Faraby, cool, yeah, maybe you can get something for him, but I'd like to see him stay, but no one's untouchable.
1: Yeah. No one,
2: no one, absolutely no one is untouchable. There's no
1: one that I think about that I would be like, oh, man.
2: And that leads me to the, uh, the next two guys I want to talk about in tandem. Um, the only NHL defenseman in the lineup at this point, I guess, well, Risto's back, so he belongs in the NHL. He's not particularly good, but... Sanheim and Provorov. Um... I am at the point. Ooh. I am at the point where one of them needs to go, and it is not the guy I wanted to get rid of a couple of months ago.
1: Ivan Provorov has been s- like s- so bad. Like I don't even know what to think about it anymore.
2: Here's my question with Ivan Provorov. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic, but we are now in- <laughs> you
0: dramatic. No, we
2: are now in year six. Of Ivan Provorov. How many of
0: these years have been
2: objectively good? One,
0: two. I was. I would say two, two. And you could make the case for the the rookie year because, like, he was dragging along Andrew McDonald.
2: The the rookie year, by circumstance and considering the spot he's in, all that. Yes, I'll, I'll count that as like half, and then year two. Very your two good. Is, your two is your great. Your two is very good. twenty nineteen. Yeah, good. the Niskanen year. The Niskanen year huh. was good. Yeah, that's it. Right. Two. So at yeah. least at least fifty percent. He's now twenty five. Uh, yeah, he turned twenty five January seventeenth. He's now twenty five, and fifty percent of his seasons have been bad to god fucking awful, which is where we are now. He is playing twenty five minutes a night, and they're horrible minutes.
1: It's, it's literally wrist-aligning in Buffalo at this point. Like, I don't think it's that bad. We're using him as number one defenseman, and he's real bad. It's the, not, last it, okay, like- well, yeah, the last couple of games have been bad.
0: Yeah, the last couple weeks have been bad. The, the numbers for Proveroff are nowhere near as bad as the wrist-aligning numbers in Buffalo. Like, not even close. And that's not saying I Proveroff's numbers are amazing, it. but like, their, Risto's numbers were ghastly. Proveroff's numbers are meh. Like, do they have to move on from Provorov? <laughs> no, they don't have to. Now, they don't now, have w- to,
1: but they have to reevaluate what they think he is.
0: So here's my thing with Provorov. I think he's a good defenseman. I, don't, I wouldn't be, like, crushed if, if they decide he's just, like, yeah, he's part of the, the core, you know, or whatever. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's a piece on defense that's going to be here for a long time. It's fine. My thing with Provorov is that I get the sense from people around the league I talk to that other teams think he's better than he actually is. And that's why he's fascinating to me as a potential trade option, because if other teams think he's like, A number one that the Flyers have just put into bad situations the last couple years because they haven't gotten him a partner. If that's what if that's what his the generally accepted and obviously there's not going to be full consensus. People have different opinions, but if that's the generally accepted consensus around the league of what Ivan Provorov is, then you could get a haul for him that is probably it probably outweighs how good he actually is in reality. And those are the kind of guys that you have to seriously consider trading. You know, because look like. Fletcher made a lot of mistakes this offseason, but one guy who I do think that he did a good job with this on was Phil Myers. He evaluated Phil Myers and was like, okay, people around the league think Phil Myers is better than he actually is, so let's sell him now before everybody around the league realizes he ain't that good. I don't think Provrov is like, as, I wouldn't, like, Phil Myers is, you know, a third pair defenseman probably at this point, at least based on what we've seen in Nashville and everything and what he saw last year. Provorov, you know, might be, you know, a 2-3 who teams think is a 1-2. But if teams think he's a 1-2, maybe somebody's willing to offer, like, you know, a forward in his mid-20s who's dynamic, and they need one of those, like a first-line caliber forward. And if that's the case, then yeah. I mean, I move Provorov in a second for that kind of return if that's out there.
2: Uh, Part of my thing is, like, I think Provorov is better. Then he's playing this year. I think oh, yeah, ultimately, I, so. I think so. ultimately he evens out as a decent enough second pair defenseman. Uh, but I, mean,
0: I, I would put him a little higher than that. But I see why people why? think that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because every time he plays with an actually good partner, he's good. But that just means he's clear. playing with an, an actually if they good could partner. Get him regularly. Get him a good partner. But like, yeah, it's so a he contact.
1: Someone to drag him. into Yeah. Good. So
2: in a contact Not, sport, that, I don't, that means. I don't agree with that. In a contact sport, that means if one guy gets hurt, you lose two. You're actually losing two guys every time one guy gets hurt. If Ivan Provorov has to be paired with the absolute best possible partner, like we lost both, we lost our whole top pair because Ryan Ellis got hurt. Ivan Provorov's playing 25 minutes a game and he's fucking horrible. That means he's not a top pair defenseman.
0: That's not the absolute best. Like, look, like, we we, talk, we talked up Shane Goss' pair the year he was paired with Provorov, and they were real good. We talked up, talked up Matt Niskanen the year that he was paired with Ivan Provorov, and they were real good. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, as Ghost later showed, and as Niskanen had showed the couple years before coming to Philly, like, neither of them were amazing. They were good. But they were, it's not like, like, it's not like Ivan Provorov required, you know, uh, to be next to Kale McCarr to be awesome. Like, he required a good top four defenseman to look like a good top pair defenseman. And while I agree that the fact that he can't carry a pair speaks to, you know, his weaknesses as a player, absolutely true, the Flyers shouldn't be in a position where they only have one good top four defenseman oh. to pair with Ivan Provorov at a given time. They should have three or four. Because you know what? That's what good teams have.
2: I think he and Sanheim could eventually figure it out, but they're not a top pair. Like I don't, when I say top pair, I mean a group that you could win a lot of games and some playoff series with. I do not believe Ivan Provorov to be 50% of a pair like that. I think he's serviceable enough. I think you could get by, but I'm talking about building a championship team because it's been long enough.
0: I don't see that in Ivan Proverov. I've said for over a year I think Proverov is a 2. I could be convinced that he's a 3, that ideally three. He's, he anchors your second pair. But I, I don't have much time for that he's below that.
2: No, I think he's a good second. I think ultimately he's a good enough second-pair defenseman. That's, I mean, that's a 3. He's decent.
0: Three. But if you have someone who thinks he's a 1— that has just been done him. dirty by the Flyers over the last couple of years. Then that's that's a good oh, guy to trade.
2: I'm I'm very much willing to be wrong and Provorov reaches potential elsewhere because part of what I'm looking at is I just think you get way more for Provorov than Sandheim. Like just look oh, at yeah, the minutes. Yeah, I, I totally
0: agree with that. Yeah, I like look totally
2: at the that. minutes. He he plays 27 minutes. Oh my God, we gotta give up the farm for him. Like absolutely see that happening. Uh, we not We really like, had to
1: give up to get Risto, and he Yeah, sucks.
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's a four on his best possible day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, and I like him, but he is what he is. Uh, Travis Sanheim, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking um about who the Flyers' best defenseman this season is. And I said Justin Braun, because he's just steady as she goes. You can count on him to be what he is. He's fine. Um, Charlie brought up Travis Sandheim, and while sandheim is having a better season uh i need him to score more like that's just what i need out of travis sandheim well in his last 14 games he has nine points i live with i live with that all day with travis sandheim that's what i need out of him that's what he has to do to be effective like i know he does other things He's got to put points on the board. That's just part of what I expect out of him as a player. Now he is. I, I can live with it. Do you think this is more who Sanheim is, or is he just in a little hot streak? Uh, like, all the pressure's off, nothing matters, so he can just do whatever. Like, is this... Can we expect Sanheim to play at this level? I mean, no. I've, I've always
1: thought this is what he is. So, hopefully? Well, I mean, like,
0: I guess it depends on what you're talking about when you say can you expect him to play this level. Like, can we expect him to play... On the whole, at this level, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to be scoring at whatever a nine points in 14 games pace is. Like, I don't think he's a 50-point defenseman. I think if he continues to not have power play time, he's probably a 30- to 35-point-a-year defenseman who gives you good minutes on the second pair, but is going to have the occasional defensive zone gaffe that makes you want to punch a wall. And that's 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 Travis Sandheim. He should
2: be getting power play time. And that's something I wanted to bring up. Last night... Keith Yandel got three minutes and nine seconds of power play time. The other defenseman had between like 20 and 30 seconds. Um, they, and like the, the power play time was oddly distributed last night, so that could just be part of it. Like the top pair got, uh, the top unit all had like three minutes and everyone else had like 40 some seconds. So whatever. But are they under the impression that like Keith Yandel's gonna fetch them anything at the deadline? Because that is the only explanation for playing him at all. I realize you got to keep the streak going and they only have so many defensemen because fucking Nick Sealer and Kevin Knotten are in the lineup half the time. But like, they have to believe somebody's willing to give something up. Other, like, what is the point of playing him more than eight minutes
0: a night? I just think it's in part just like, Well, if if we're gonna use if if we're gonna start him, I guess you have to use him on the power play. Like that's like all he's like moderately competent at. But
2: like he's like if yo wants to win, they have to have someone
0: better. And if it's about development, there have to be better options. Well, I mean, they do have someone better. He's just in the minors.
1: (laughs) Yeah, is he still hurt? What's going on? York? Now he's back. Why is why isn't he in the NHL? They're making him work on his defensive game so oh, the
0: york the York thing is so Keith is, Yandel, who's it, never it, it, gone into a corner in his life, there's a little bit more going on with the york thing um so number one, I do believe this is actually so this is a little preview of the piece that uh that I'll have coming out tomorrow Ooh. i did an I did, well, in I did an york interview Times. with with Brent flair I spent. Um, most of yesterday transcribing it, and yes. part one, which was on the forwards, was released today. Part two is on the defensemen and goalies. Um, that was that's going to be released tomorrow. So York is obviously going to be in that. And I straight up asked, like, basically, explain why the heck he's not playing. So one thing that he explained, which is interesting, and it actually kind of runs counter to some of the critiques that have been thrown the organization's way that we discussed, um, you know, over the last talk. couple of weeks. He basically said that, look, one of the things with York is that, like, look, York is clearly an NHL defenseman. Like, we, he can hold his own in the NHL. We saw it. That's true. But they were worried that he was starting to play a little safe in the NHL, kind of just trying to survive. And they want him to basically, they want him to be a point producer, and they want him to play a more, like, offensively-oriented game in the NHL but right now he just doesn't seem to have the confidence to do those sort of things in the NHL so they want to send him down to the AHL where he could sort of build that back up and start taking more offensive risks so that when they bring him back up he'll do that at the NHL he has that sort of confidence that's I their do thought think, process with York
2: I do think players can get like they're brought up young potentially too young and he played in college so it's not like a a Couturier situation but like I feel like Couturier got pigeonholed into this thing, and it took him longer to break out offensively than necessary. I think Luke Shen played too young because he could do some things, and then it was like, well, they like me hitting, so I'm just going to hit. It was like, well, you had a little more upside than that, but he just became what he became. So I don't necessarily hate this thinking. I just wish, like, he's an NHL defenseman. He's gotta play in the NHL. I wish there was some other way, but I understand the thinking. Like, I'm not gonna get mad at this exact
0: situation, but it is a little frustrating that I have to watch Nick fucking seal it. The thing that annoys me about it is that like like why was he paired with Keith Yandel?
1: Mm, why did I why mean, did we
0: do that? Why did we do that?
1: I wonder if that made him a little hesitant. <laughs> Yeah, like we're talking. Oh, well, he's playing I have to cover safe. Everything. Well, yeah, he's playing a little
2: safe. No shit, he's got the fucking fire alarm next to him. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my god.
0: <laughs> that, yeah. that to me is the big thing, <laughs> the big issue I had with the the Cam York in the NHL thing was like, okay, you don't love the way he's playing. You don't love his usage. Like you can change his usage. He doesn't have to be on the third pair playing his offside with Keith friggin Yandel. You can put him with Travis Sanheim. You are the coaching staff. It's your organization. You can do that. There's not a law saying that Rassus Rastalainen always has to be with Travis Sanei. Yeah, like, put him with say, Ivan Provorov. Hey, let's give Cam York the good minutes rather than the bad minutes.
2: Like, like put, just put him... Who cares? Just play him 25 minutes with Ivan Provorov. What's what the happens. difference? What's going to happen? They're going to lose? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Losing is good now. Oh, <laughs> my... Like, they are... At this point... And we're going to get to some more of these player things. Um, I think they can piece together, even if they lose Giroux, and like I expect them at this point to get Johnny Goudreau, but uh, regardless, I think they can piece together a decent enough offense. Like, this blue line... Uh, uh, what, What is it going to be next year? How, they don't have three guys that I can count on.
0: Yeah, it's... You know, especially if you trade one of Proveraw for Sandheim, yeah. yeah, then you're in a really interesting spot. Which I think th- this is part of the reason why I do believe that like in the Drew trade, they're kind of looking at like two of the guys who've been rumored in the Drew trade, if it ends up going through with Colorado, if that's where he ends up, are Justin Barron and Drew Hellison. And they are both right handed shooting defensemen who are more on the like complementary to a Puck mover, Cam York, Travis Sanheim type. Like they don't have a lot of those guys. Like Justin Braun's thirty five. He's probably going to get traded at the deadline. Yeah. I, I hope really for hope it, him he is. I really mm-hmm. hope they don't resign Rasmus Ristolainen. Like, they can't. They can't. But no, I mean they they can and they oh, might. They but I really hope they don't.
1: They I can. think I think that if he if they don't, it's be gonna, It's going to be because he leaves. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. because I, it's not going to be I because the Flyers that. don't want him to. I just which like, is like infuriating.
2: If this team. If this team was what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year, and Rasmus Ristolainen had shown us this, I'd be like, "All right, fine. It's yeah. going to be a dumb contract, but he's not going to get as much as he, you know, as the previous contract. I it's going to be. T- he,
1: I think he's going to. There, there have been no some pretty way. wild
2: numbers
0: being thrown around There's, here.
2: With th- if that's the case, then they're fucked forever. Oh like, yeah, this team no, is no, never going
0: to be any good. If they, if they re-sign Ristolainen at the deadline, that is going to be like, like for the entirety of Flyers Twitter, that is going to be the moment. Like that's it's the Andrew McDonald Andrew moment. McDonald, yeah, like that, that is the moment yes. of like, all right, you know what? This organization is just, it, it, they're dead to me because they would, they, they're going to have to sign an Andrew McDonald contract to yep. keep them probably yep. with some inflation because the cap's gone up since.
1: Yep. How can that be? Because he made, he made as much as he did before. And NHL GMs think they that he's guy. good
2: because he's they, big. How can they possibly watch him and go, yes, that's where I want to spend that money? On a Hits. team dying. Dying for top-end talent. They fucking said it. They said it on television in front of everyone. We don't have enough really good players. They're going to give a guy who hopes to be a second-pair defenseman
1: $5 million? Yep. I mean, I, they can't. <laughs> they fucking can't. I think they're gonna try real hard, and we just have to hope—like, really, really hope—that Rasmus Ristolainen just wants to go to a winning team somewhere.
0: I have a hunch, and this is just a hunch. This is not. This is not backed up by anything I've heard. They trade him and resign him? No, no, no. <laughs> like. We've talked a lot about the concept of collaboration, you know, about how, like, you know, the Flyers brain trust. You've got obviously got Fletcher and Flair, but you also have like the old guys. You know, you got like, you know, Paul Holmgren, you got Bob Clark, like they're they're Uh. in the mix. You got Dean Lombardi. My hunch is that those guys are the guys that really like alignment.
1: And it's almost as though relying on a bunch of fucking old guys that played in the 70s is a bad strategy for building a hockey team. And not
2: only did <laughs> they play in the 70s, they've also uh, run teams since, and none of those teams won a fucking thing. So Nothing. I, 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 we, we must move on. Uh, <laughs> we must move on.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to blow I'm a fucking gasket. I'm going to
1: become the Joker. Okay, I'm well, going to blow a gasket okay, talking
0: about re-signing a player I like. Bill, here, here's, here's again, and this is a point I made on multiple shows. If you are rooting for the accidental tank, signing Rastristaline into a above $5 million cap it for multiple years, that will very much help the Flyers be bad long. and but get here, lots of high-end in the tank.
2: That's, <laughs> that's the thing is they'll be mediocre again. We will be in the exact Hextall situation. I don't we will be... they
0: would just be mediocre because they'll go out and get Johnny Goudreau too and do dumb shit if they've allotted them... if, if they've allotted six million of their cap to the line. I don't know if they had the money to get Johnny Goudreau
2: because they're going to say goodbye to some good players like fucking Claude and then they'll Giroux. be real bad yeah they'll have Goudreau will be Giroux in this situation
0: obviously it's not as complex it's not as as simple as this but like I, ma- I made this point in Buffalo with Rastor and I will make it here like there's a reason why all of Rassus Rustalion's teams stink. And it's like, it's partially because he's on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, they're also run by
2: fucking buffoons who think he's good. Yep. Yeah. It's like that's the here. problem. There's <laughs> a correlation. They here. think him and other players like him are good, but they'll just <laughs> see big points totals and go get someone good, and that'll keep them like we will be in the cap hell of the Ron Hextall era with a mediocre team if this is what goes on.
0: They will not bottom out if they do this. No, they built this team and it's bottomed out, so.
2: Yeah! And all the good <laughs> players are hurt! Like they'd be exactly mediocre with Hayes and Katori, A and Ellis.
0: We'll see.
2: Speaking of guys, they should re sign Jerry Mayhew, baby.
0: It's Gerald's season.
1: <laughs> I love it's, him. It's I'm the upset. winner.
2: Absolutely, Gerald's Gerald season. He is by far the most fun player to watch on this team right now. And it's, I mean, that tells you exactly where this season is. But goddamn, I- I've been dying. Like, we're am ju- just dying for someone to take advantage of this shit year. And I like the opportunity provided to some of these players who wouldn't be here otherwise. And I wish it was like Morgan Frost taking the bull by the horns, but it ain't. It's fucking Jerry Mayhew, and because of that, I want him back.
1: I love him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate Gerald on the fourth line next season. Jerry,
2: Zach, and you know lazinski fourth line. Let's do it, baby. Nate
1: Thompson. Oh, um, who by the way oh, I totally yeah. forgot Nate Thompson was a thing until like two days ago I was like oh well, god did he hit someone on up on the hockey team
2: is he talking shit on Twitter again he's talking shit on Alex
1: yeah I, I, know, know. I, I wouldn't hate keeping Jerry around he's great he's, he's, he's a so nice, fun he's
2: a nice piece like if he's your 12th 13th forward you could yeah. do a lot worse
0: I don't know what Jerry Mayhew is I'm honestly just happy that like there's something mildly positive happening yes. with the Flyers like yeah. I don't know what he is longer he might just be Jordan Wheel but like, Jordan hey, Wheel. it's cool. Did that, Jordan like, Wheel ever produce at this happening. level? <laughs> yeah, he had that real good, um, he had that real good close Game? to one of the lost years. Remember, we think it was like oh. twenty sixteen, seventeen, when he finished out and his like underlying numbers were ridiculous. And he, I think he had like twelve points in twenty games or something. And then the Flyers signed him back, and it was like, hey, Jordan Wheel, he's exciting. And then he kind of turned back into a pumpkin.
2: All right, well, accidental tank. Here we come. Uh, is Oscar Limblom turning back into Oscar Limblom? Like, is it happening in front of us?
0: I don't know if he's ever going to get back to exactly where he was. And that pre- was pre-diagnosis, but he certainly looks again like a useful middle sixer, and that's cool.
2: And we've always said, like, especially the production of that season was like, oh. Okay, no one saw that sort of production coming. His thing was always being in the right place and then not being able to finish, and suddenly he had 13 fucking goals before Christmas. So, like, you know, I don't know if he was ever going to do that healthy or otherwise again, but if he can just be a guy who wins battles and is a nice piece and gets you the goal every now and then, goddamn, that's a real... I know we need top-end talent, but they are also like lacking, you know, these good solid two-way players. The reason they're trying to turn everyone into one is because they don't have any. And <laughs> like maybe Limblom is one of these guys who's actually good at it.
0: No, he's got what? He's got seven points in his last nine games. Um the underlying numbers still aren't great, but at, at this point, like it's hard to tell how much of that is just how bad they were I mean, the first year. They don't half have the NHL defensemen. So like yeah, how can like they break that. out the puck? It's up, but the thing too is like Limblom even you know, when, he, when he first came up through the cancer diagnosis, like he drove play regardless of circumstance, and now like he's not. And I don't know. I, I'm just, I wonder if that's ever coming back, if he's ever going to get physically strong enough post-surgery and cancer to be able to like be a 56% expected goals guy on a good team, which I think is what he was before. Um, I don't know if he's going to get back there, but I, he, he's very clearly better. He's yeah. much better than he was last year and you know he's had a weird year too because I've heard a lot of people talk about how you know with Lindblom that you know he's finally figuring it out. I think he his trajectory this year is a little interesting because I actually thought at the start of the year he was playing well. He was just snake bit. And then he completely lost his he confidence. He went through a stretch and, in the middle and yeah. then actually started playing awful. And now it seems like he's getting it back, except he's now also not snake bit. So, like, his confidence is back, and pucks are actually going in for him. And now it looks like he's fine again, which, like, cool. I mean, super happy that Oscar Limam is producing again. That's great.
2: Is Isaac Ratcliffe, I mean, this guy, the last few He's years, another one. Isaac Ratcliffe, everything we heard in the AHL was like, ugh, yeesh. Um, now this could just, this could just be, this could just be like early NHL, rocket up the ass, you're feeling, I'm up here, I'm gonna go, and then you you even out eventually. But, I mean, he's, he's made some bad plays, he's taken a few penalties here and there, but overall, Isaac Ratcliffe looks like an NHL player, which is not something I'd heard at any point during his stint in the AHL. Um, can we, like... Are you penciling him in to compete for a fourth line role next year? Like, what is everyone seeing out of, out of Isaac Ratcliffe? Because, man, I'll tell you what I really loved. Um, he actually pulled off a wraparound the other night. Now, it was an assist and not a goal, but on a team that tries wraparounds nonstop and they haven't worked since the Keith Primo overtime goal in
1: 2004, <laughs> like, I was elated to see one actually go in. He's been fun. He's another one of the fun guys. I assume he'll be competing for a bottom six spot. I don't know where he'll end up, but I just can't get I can't get excited about the bottom six anymore. No, no, I can't. But what it to but
2: me he's more? Fun. He's been fun. More, more so. It's like speaking to me about our development and how yes, the talent evaluation is the number one issue. But when a guy looks like he can't play in the AHL and then comes up and can play, like. I don't know, what are we doing down there? Like, that's my biggest takeaway from Ratcliffe, whether, oh, you're he, letting, sticks or,
1: you're whether he sticks or push. not. That's what yeah, you're like,
2: down there. whether he sticks or not, whatever, but I'm seeing way more than I ever heard about him. Yeah, I, I don't,
0: I really think with Ratcliffe, the big thing for him, and this is the big thing, is that, he just needs to use his size. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time he wasn't, and since coming up here he kind of is. And you're seeing that hey like a Radcliffe who realizes that he's 6 foot 6 and 225 like can be a pretty useful NHL player. It's just the ma- the problem in the AHL for the longest time was that he was playing like he was 5 foot 10. doing
1: a JVR. And-
0: and now he's not. And JVR is is a much more talented player than Isaac mm-hmm. Ratcliffe, so that's why he can get away with it. Maybe not this year, but for most of his career, he's able to get away with being, you know, a five foot 180 eighty pound guy in a six foot three, hundred two hundred and twenty five pound body. Um, Ratcliffe can't. He's not yeah. that good. Um, and now, so far, he's been using his size, and he's been pretty productive. Now, what is he? I don't know. I mean, they used him on the first line last night. I don't think he was that great, but they, <laughs> yeah. they tried it. They, they gave tried. it a shot, which, like— and Kelly, this goes back to the whole, like, they never try things. They did try that. They tried that. Now, it didn't work, so we're all going to for- going to forget about it in a week, but they did try that.
1: Yeah, but like, I, and I like that they did, to be honest. If you
2: try fun. something and it doesn't work one game, like, have the courage of your convictions to try it a second game. Like, if you thought it was a good idea— Okay. Uh, stick okay. with it. Like, nothing works in one game. It's very rare. Like, uh, yeah, Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux together, that fucking worked. But we're talking about, like, the two best draft picks this organization has made in 20 years. So, uh, you yeah. <laughs> of course Ratcliffe, it
0: worked. So, Rackliff is interesting to me because I— like I'm, I'm, I, I certainly am not giving up on him as a prospect, obviously, because he's played in the NHL and he's been pretty solid. So that's number one. But like you do wonder if he is there's a there's a tinge of Scott Lawton to Isaac Ratcliffe hmm. in the sense of you draft a guy with skill because you think, OK, if he hits, he can be a top six forward. The offense doesn't really come around the way you want it to, so now you're like, all right, well, you can't score that much, so why don't you try to play like a bottom sixer? And if he can do that then for long enough, maybe eventually the offense could come back around. Like, if, he's, if he can carve himself a nice career for the next year or two as, like, a fourth liner with some skill who's big and physical... Maybe you give him a couple more years in that role, and suddenly it's like, oh, he remembers that, hey, I scored 50 goals in juniors. So, like, maybe that comes back.
2: And in terms of, like, trying stuff, uh, if he's just a fourth line, like, that's who he is, a little bit more skilled than your average fourth liner, I don't know. He's, like, seven feet tall, playing him in front of the fucking goalie on the power play, and, like... Try to, foster, try to foster. Try to foster. Yeah, exactly. I just mean like when the games matter because they're playing yeah, yeah, exhibition yeah. games <laughs> now. Like, like, foster some of that. So like, yes, your five on five role is you're the big guy on the fourth line. When we have a power play, fucking use your body to block out the sun. Like, yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> one we of the talked- good
2: things
0: too about about big guys like Ratcliffe. I mean, this is one of those underrated things. We saw it with Phil Myers. If you're... Big and tall, and you like can be a mildly competent NHL player. You have value, you're, you're always gonna have a lot of value around that. Yeah. Yep, Rasmus just the line in width for a first round pick and more. <laughs> and it wasn't player. just the like, first, there was others. You other... have to be good, you yeah. just have to be not so bad that you're constantly benched, and GMs are gonna <laughs> want you so bad.
2: What a league! What a league! <laughs> I, like. I've never seen a league where people don't believe their eyes. Like, everyone talks about the eye test, and then people still don't believe what they're seeing. Like, as much as, like, no, yeah, but he's, no, he isn't. Look at him. <laughs> he's good. How come he doesn't play good? <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Uh, we talked enough about Frost, I think. Yeah, we went through yeah. that. James Van is he's still on the team. Oh God, I don't know. He's been
0: so bad this God. year, so like, bad. And then I say this bad. is a JVR he's defender. Horrible. He has like, been fu- awful. Yeah. This no,
2: year. I have I have nothing against JVR. I want him to score goals because like I'm tired of watching the team score one goal a game. But he fucking stinks, real bad. And, and it came out of freaking
0: there. nowhere because he was real good the first half of last season, yeah. and then he tail he tailed off in the second half. But you're like, you know what? Whatever team was team got real bad the second half you know he's a streaky player anyway maybe that's all it was and then this year like he's fallen off a cliff and i get the sense that like i mean let me put it this way there is a real good chance he ain't a flyer next year and i don't think they're ruling out the possibility of buying him out
2: buyout would would be a good idea buyout would be very interesting um I gotta believe, even if you have to retain salary, there's someone who thinks he's still worth it. But You would
0: think, right? But yeah, who
2: knows? I guess, like, if you have to retain half his salary, you'd end up paying, granted, over two years, but far less than that on a buyout, so... Yeah, I'd have to
0: look at the buyout calculator. But, like, I've I've heard some things that tell me that lead me to believe that, like... I don't know if JVR is on this team next year. Even if no one, even if no one wants him in a he, trade, he can't. Like in terms that of makes just
1: makes me feel good, actually. Yeah, at least they evaluation. recognize this. Yes. Of course, yeah.
2: he'll score thirty-seven goals next year, but <laughs> he won't be our problem anymore. Uh, and this, like talking about JVR, he's been absolutely terrible. We talked at the beginning, like they're like they're trying, and they just can't close out games. Like they just cannot win. They just can't do what it takes at the end of a game to put it away. Man, it really isn't on the role players. Uh, I'm looking at JVR. Four goals in his last 21 games. That goes back to December 30th. He's got no goals in his last six. Two of those four came in one game January 8th against the Sharks. And then you look at Cam Atkinson. Two goals in his last 15. They were both on January 29th against the Kings. Like... If they were to win a game, not that I'm like dying for them to win, but like some of these players are playing their asses off, and they're like within a goal or have a lead in the third period, it would be nice if two of the three best forwards on the team showed up at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's the, the top of the lineup is the problem right now.
0: Yeah, with Cam, it's weird with Cam Atkinson. He might just be on a, in a slump. Yeah. But I have a hunch that he might be a little banged up oh, because great. he's gotten a couple of maintenance. Why days, wouldn't he be? Um and like he so he was real, real hot going into yeah. the all star break. I mean, he was leading the team in points going into the all-star break. It was not Claude Drew, it was Cam Atkinson. We talked about it on the show. And since he's come back from the All Star Break, he's not been effective much at, at all. all. And like you like, barely I, notice I almost, him. I almost wonder if, like, he got banged up in one of those Detroit games and now he's just kind of playing through it because, like, I mean, everyone's hurt, so you kind of have to play. Yeah, like, you kind (laughs) of got to play. But he just – it's tough for me to know if he's hurt or if he's just slumping because he's a goal scorer and all goal scorers are streaky. But, like, yeah, since since the All-Star break, Cam Atkinson has not been very noticeable whatsoever. They need to trade Martin Jones today. (laughs) <laughs> for really literally awesome. he was good last night exactly
1: and that's great exactly yeah exactly before he is bad again <laughs> Train him.
2: martin jones in his first three games of this season three he had a 950 save percentage we were like oh my god because i killed the i killed the signing like this was i thought this was the mistake of the offseason turned out there were plenty of things on that list <laughs> and then and then the first three games, we're like, oh, shit, he's old Martin Jones. Perfect. We have a, we have a backup who can step in if there's an injury, whatever. He'll, we can win on nights we don't play Carter Hart. Cool. Since those first three games, he's got an 888 save percentage. That includes last night in which he stopped 22 of 24 shots. Um, one good start is enough for me to be like, okay, see you. Like, literally, a couple of weeks ago, they said Edmonton called up and offered a fifth. Call them back.
1: Oh i think they can probably do better than that but you know really he stinks i, know, maybe. I know but he's a competent is he backup is I, he? I, I don't know if you're like i don't know if you're you know the blues and you think you're gonna make a long playoff run maybe you want you know something better Villy Huso has been awesome for them. I know, but Jordan Bennington sucks. I'm talking oh. about replacing him. I hate him. Well, I think he Edmonton
0: was the, is the big team. Yeah, like, they, they, need need it. they need a goalie big time. So, but, I mean, is Martin Jones the guy they need? Probably not, but I guess he's available, so <laughs> like you can talk yourself into it. Yeah, they should trade Martin Jones. Maybe not immediately because, um, you know, there's an element of, like, how many games do you really want Carter Hart playing? None. Um, Coral the well, Thrill and Felix Anstrom, baby. Coral the Thrill. Let's go. Um, one thing that's interesting, I, I'm, I, I'm starting to think that the Flyers legitimately may go with the, um, with the like, just throw the rookies in next year as backup strategy. Yes, because I, I, I will. I mean, I based on what I talked to with Brett Flair, like they really do think that the Fedotov is going to come over. Really, the, the Russian guy. That's
2: yeah. uh, because he should be the backup immediately. Yes. they
0: showed. They, Flair expressed real confidence to me that like that's what that's what he wants. And that's to, wants to come
2: that's with. how we're saying it, Fedotov.
0: Yeah, well, that, well, that's the way it works with Russian names, where it's like, generally speaking, you're supposed to put the accent the, on the second the syllable. The second ah. syllable.
2: I just, I didn't know if it was fedotov. No, a, I mean, the, the, I, I saying it wrong. That's what
0: yeah, I believe Yeah, I believe it's fedotov, I believe, is okay. how you're supposed to pronounce it. Um, I mean, really, you're supposed to call, call Ivan Provorov, but he basically just yeah. told us. He was asked when he came up, like, hey, how do you want us to pronounce your name? He's like, just call me Provorov. They
2: all do that. They're like, I don't, oh, fuck it. You're all American.
0: <laughs> you can barely speak your
2: own language, let alone. <laughs> (laughs) like some other (laughs) they and and, like he's been here since he was 16 it's not like he came over from the k or something like provorov's been around forever you know he played in fucking pennsylvania so he's been used to people sounding like me
1: uh i'm gonna start calling him provorov just to be like an insufferable (laughs) know-it-all who else did it who wasn't there somebody
0: (laughs) well the one that the one that threw me was um the, the capitals goalie Ilya Samsonov because mm-hmm. not because yeah. like I have a problem with it, but it's just funny because like I grew up my entire life calling Sergei Samsonov, Sergey Samsonov. Mm-hmm. And now you have the same name and I have to like teach myself how to pronounce it the right way.
1: Remember when Grossman threw that extra N in? The extra N for Grossman. He'd been in the the league. By the way, guys.
2: Yeah. He'd been in the league for like eight years and he's like, Yeah, my name's been spelled wrong this whole time. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. The the name on his jersey was spelled wrong his whole career. Yeah. Um (laughs) Uh, do we have anything else?
0: Um I don't know. Is there anybody else we we had to complain about? Martin Jones we complained about, but we also want him traded. Yeah. Um, Immediately. JVR we complained about. Frost we complained about (laughs) Um, Broussard's still hurt. Uh, is actually, Ryan Ellis
2: alive? Do well, we, yeah, he was in a video. We have,
0: we have I saw him in the life press life box video, a couple yeah. weeks <laughs> ago. I did see him. He, 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 was, he was seen in the press box a couple weeks ago. He had all um, his he limbs. Was in that Yandel video. He
2: yeah, had, he looks, he he looks like ten a relatively fingers? healthy like, human being. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I will just put this out there. And granted, this is with missing, say he misses all of the rest
0: of this season. It feels like a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ellis will, um, have missed 37% of his team's team's games over the last six seasons, and that is with playing a full 82, so yes, he did have a year in which he missed, you know, 78 out of 82 or whatever, but he's also got an 82 out of 82 in there, which is by far the fucking anomaly, so (laughs) he's missed almost 40% of his team's games over the last six seasons, what are they gonna do on defense? We'll find out. Um, real quick, who do you think the Hart Trophy winner is this year?
0: Um, I have done very little research about that. To be totally honest with you, wide I mean, open, is, doesn't it? I'm it a does. voter, I so I probably so. should start i mean i'll have the time because i mean this team is like uh well actually I, to be honest i don't know if i'm gonna be a, if i'll be a voter like that's something that's given out but ever since i've joined the phwa i've been a voter each year you
1: should get I'm, to vote on everything in my, i keep opinion. up
0: with my dues i sign. i do the stuff so like i probably will be a voter but i don't want to be presumptuous there's a chance that i'm not who knows um i don't know who's uh who's leading the league in scoring isn't that usually who yes gets it? The, that's the nine
2: <laughs> nine of 16 since the lockout have been art ross trophy winners uh, yeah, i it's think it's usually that easy yeah i think i think it's huberto as long as mcdavid and dry Seidel don't go nuts because huberto might right, get it I mean, huberto's fl- right there yeah and I mean, like the oilers
0: will- stink so. Yeah, I mean Hubert could get it because Florida's gonna gonna finish with probably over 110 points, and then you'll have McDavid and Dreisaitl split the vote. So yeah, I could totally see. I saw
1: someone it. on Twitter suggest that Shosturkin should get it.
0: I mean, fair. They, they he's, he's the main reason why the possibly yeah. the only reason why the Rangers are good. I, I mean, see. Yeah, I, an, I could get behind
1: that.
2: There's an interesting scenario in my mind. It's not going to play out in which Shosturkin is the MVP, but not the Vezina. Because oh,
1: that's interesting.
2: Well, like. Uh, he's got like thirty starts, and there's goalies with like forty five at this point. Like his workload, he's missed some time. I think he is like the Rangers MVP, but I just think there's like some other goalies having tremendous fucking seasons, like Jacob Markstrom, who do play every night. True. Uh, so I, it's not going to happen that way. I just think it's it's an interesting storyline to follow. Uh, but Huberdeau for MVP, if you want to get a, uh, if you want to get a bet in. He's like plus 700 still, and he's right there in scoring, which I saw doing with David. And he plays for a much better team. Uh yeah. so that's it. Yeah. All right, are we done?
1: Probably. Yeah, all I think right.
2: so. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you gotta hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh yeah, it's it's a lot. So leave us a five-star review because you're really gonna enjoy it. The guarantee. Is that you will enjoy listening to the broadcast, the Broad Street Hockey radio feed better than you will enjoy watching the Philadelphia Flyers. This is a money back guarantee from us here at Broad Street Hockey. So that's it. Uh, My name is Bill Matz for Charlie, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!